You're watching the Tesla Life with your host, Mark Coughlin. I like the way Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the Tesla Life number 251. Here we are, the 27th of April, 2022. Guys, April is almost over. Can you believe oh, no. it? Yeah. Man. Things have been moving quickly. Indeed. I don't know who that announcer is at the beginning of the program, but we got to get him some more money. <laughs> <laughs> All we got to do is monetize this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, uh, we got a bunch of news this week. Not uh, yes. surprising, but uh, introductions. Uh, let's go first to Mr. Case Green joining us from the D.C. area. How are you today, sir? Oh well, so for Earth Day, my daughter was born. Congratulations, <laughs> sir! Thank you, thank you. And uh, and then the weather dropped. Uh, Mark and I were, huh? So, so did you name her Gaia? Or no, first thing Earth Day. Uh... <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, so so then then as Mark was saying, you know, uh, winter came back, and <laughs> he and I were talking about uh, our, our, our our lovely weather. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that was a. Uh, uh, Pleasant surprise this morning with uh, winter weather showing up on the doorstep again. That may not be the case for Mr. Patrick Connor joining us from the West Coast. How are you today, sir? I'm good. That is not the case. It's a lovely spring day here. Although we did have some surprise snow last week. And uh, yeah, so I mean, like the tulips popped up because it was spring and then they got snowed on. <laughs> Cherry blossoms yes. came out, got snowed on. That's yeah, exactly but, uh, how to get snow with new flowers up here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> snow and flowers together is a rare combo. <laughs> I now have uh, lawn furniture that has taken two loads of snow. So I'm wondering if I was way <laughs> early on putting the lawn furniture out. You <laughs> were. I haven't even done that yet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, let's roll on to some news because there's a lot of it. Uh, Casey's got her first story about batteries. Yes. So Tesla has said that nearly half of their batteries, are, half of their vehicles sold in Q1 were equipped with the lithium-ion phosphate batteries, which is actually really cool because it, it saves them money, allows them to build more cars, and then these cars have a 100% daily limit instead of 90 which Right is really interesting because they had to actually come up with a UI paradigm to, to, to convey this to you. And curious how this goes down, especially like with Hertz, because Hertz bought all their cars as base models. So some of them are going to be LFP packs and their, uh, their instructions to, to the, uh, in their rental agreements uh, will have to take that into account. And they, they don't currently. They all assume NMC batteries. <laughs> I mm -hmm. wonder if they would, because I know that Hertz rents both types. They rent the uh, standard range plus, and they also rent the long range in some cases. So obviously there's not as many long ranges, but right. I wonder if the rental agreement is different for both types of cars. Oh, maybe. The uh, the long range, the Model S, and what a few Model Xs they have, they uh, weren't part of that 100,000 car purchase. Uh, although, I, I'm not sure if the Polestar vehicles that they rented are also part of the 100,000 or if they are a separate 100,000 uh, EVs. I think they're separate because I believe Polestar is being um, mostly uh, supplied in Europe as oh. opposed to North America. So okay. they will have some here, but the majority uh, will be in Europe from what I understand. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so this is really nice because there's no real downside to LFP. They can they last longer. They can take more abuse. The only downside is they don't have as much energy uh, density capacity so you don't get as long a range but if you get a car that meets your range needs these are going to be a whole lot better and the cool thing is uh, even just five years ago lfps couldn't get the range that they are now so th right. that battery technology has improved significantly and if it continues to improve uh, um then um it, it might even become um something that they use in extended range vehicles but, but even if they don't if if the lithium ion the um the other chemistries nmc whatever it is uh if those continue to get better one thing that tesla could do is start putting in more of a buffer 
so that then you can charge up the um, other chemistries to user 100%, which is not true 100%, right? They're storing, they're keeping some aside. and Like um, they used to do on the uh, software limited batteries. Yes, exactly. When you had a, a 60 kilowatt hour pack and they only let you use 40 kilowatt hours. Well, then charge to 100%. 100%. So, uh, and then you don't have to have different messaging for different types of battery chemistries. It's just charge your car as much as you want, whenever you want, and we'll take care of the rest. So yeah. uh, that 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 point is coming coming soon, and so, uh, it's what we need. When you go into the majority, especially late majority, they don't want to have to know what battery chemistry you right. have and how it should be treated and when to charge it or whatever. They right. just want it simple. And uh, the technology is finally getting to the point where that's possible. So to, to that point, my, my Android phone has a setting that locks the charge at 85%. Uh, but that's something I had to remember to do, go in and do it. And then when I do need more, it, I have to remember to turn that off in advance. This Mac mm -hmm. that I'm on, it's finally after a month figured out that I don't actually unplug it. And it drained the battery down to 80% and held it there on its right. own. So if we could get something that's that much more automatic, yes, that's pretty cool. And yeah. uh, your earlier point about uh, meeting your, your minimum range, they figured out that the lithium iron phosphate could meet their standard range sales as, while fitting in the casing and weight requirements of the, uh, the long range pack. So that, that gives you that benefit, like you said, of, of the faster charging uh, through the, uh, the slower parts as well as being able to always go to 100%. And, and they didn't lose anything. It, it, yeah, it's a little heavier than it, than it could have been if mm -hmm. they had gone with a smaller pack, but it was cheaper and it's, it's more robust. And so you actually get to use that extra 10 miles or 20 miles or whatever the case is with the model in question. Mm -hmm. And so it's not, it's not a punishment. And that was a really good choice. Right. I'm surprised all the stationary storage is not LFP. It's... I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, sure, it's heavier, but uh, okay. It's Weight doesn't the matter there. Or, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it does for mounting a, a power wall. And that's kind of, you know, you have yeah, to, that might to be lift it. But <laughs> yeah. But Elon did mention. Does. Yeah, Elon did mention that weight doesn't matter in, in, um, in energy storage um, at, at the end of battery day, but he didn't actually commit to that actually meaning that they were changing anything. So I'm right. hoping that, that it does. Another interesting thing about this article was that they said that nearly half of all vehicles sold uh, were the LFP configuration. I was thinking, okay, so why would they say that? And then, you know, you at, <laughs> well, you start looking at what's what's the majority seller right now. It's it's obviously the three and the Y, y right? Y. Mm -hmm. And of course, there is no standard range Y. So right now, only the threes are the ones with possible LFP batteries because they're the SR pluses or the old SR plus. Do they still make so, them in China, the standard range Model Y? I believe so. So, so then we're at a point where, yeah, that makes sense. If the you know the vast majority uh, are are the uh, three and the Y, and about half of them would be the three, and uh, we almost get the half then. So, you know, this is definitely. These are basically Model Three SR pluses. Yeah. So. And that's good for the you know for production, good for you know electrifying all the things. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this, and and especially like when you're explaining to people who are used to that cell phone mindset, not the well, like mine where you can push the button to preserve your battery. And I say that because my other cell phone here uh, has had a, a battery swell go on. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So if it had that setting, I wouldn't have had to worry about it. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a good segue into our next uh, story. Uh, yeah. the, uh, the, the batteries possibly changing to a different voltage uh, in certain cases. So what's that yeah. about, Casey? So uh, Elon and others were on Twitter tweeting around, and uh, it, it came to, to – uh, end up at the at the at the, uh, at the call that Elon said that all those questions about 800-volt uh, pack architecture, uh, they might save a couple of dollars per pack if they were to re-architect the current car to do it. And it wouldn't be worth the, the effort and, and the material savings for the, those couple of dollars. However, that uh, it was not out of the question for the Cybertruck and the Semi-Truck, which mm -hmm. also 
keeps my my hope and theory alive that that this that the uh, Cybertruck will be able to charge at the Mega Chargers. That's true. That could right. still happen. Yeah. If they're using both, they're both using the same architecture. Then why not? Right. This was a tidbit that came out of the call. We briefly discussed it, and now there are articles coming out about it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> How it rolls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a. Um, Another prediction I'd like to make, and, and this is total speculation, but uh, so once they start shipping Cybertruck, they've talked about the next one's going to be the, um, what was it called? The people mover. They're um, a fully autonomous vehicle. And uh, I'm, I'm going to take a guess that's going to be based on the, uh, the Cybertruck just because it's the one that's going to be big enough to put a, a large frame to hold a lot of people on it. And it, we, we've seen this, the S and the X ha, uh, share a lot of parts, the three and the, and the Y share a lot of parts. Yeah. So what's going to share a lot of parts with the Cybertruck? The Cybervan. Uh, yeah, the Cybervan. There you go. <laughs> just like all the uh, traditional manufacturers right now, their work vans are just trucks on the unibody or, or, or a van body on the truck frame. They, they, there's very minimal effort put into it. Right. And if it has well, an 800 volt uh, uh, system and can charge quickly, and if this is a robo taxi that's out there moving people around, you're going to want it to charge quickly. A lot of speculation on the, on this, uh, this um, robo, robo van, what it could possibly be, what its use is. Uh, but it first came up in the bid for a boring company project for the, uh, Ontario Airport in California, uh, where it first came out that um, part of the bid was going to also include a passenger type van that could hold the luggage of 12 people. Um, and of course, nobody really talked about it on the Tesla side or the boring side of things. Uh, it was just a city councilor talked about the, the bid that was given. Um, and that's where that detail had come from. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. This, I think it was mentioned is, in Master Plan Do as well. Yeah. As, as a, yeah, uh, but it, it didn't, I don't think it mentioned a uh, number of people, right? It just said, no, man. right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Elon had um, uh, indicated that he didn't want to leak any more information out about the van project until it got a little bit further down the road. Uh, but uh, speculation, is this going to be an actual, uh, sitting van or is it going to be more like the boring company video where it was kind of like a kind of like a bus only. setup you could stand yeah. you could sit you could do both yeah. um you know there's overhead railings to hang on to um i, don't know. I think i, don't know I think they're gonna get lazy to and it'll be a model y with a different interior really so you think, <laughs> and no steering you wheel think we're gonna stick with the smaller set vehicle as opposed to patrick thinking they're gonna go much larger with a, a cyber truck frame well, if they go for like a bu a bus type situation, then they'll obviously do a like a hotel van version of uh, the Cybertruck or like the the short bus. Uh, yeah, I can see that, but I can also see them pulling a fast one and be like, "Yeah, here it is," and they look at it. It's a Model Y with a square back or something. And now it's an extra passenger seat. Yeah, <laughs> the one, one where the driver used to sit. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> New and No steering wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That would be good. Well, we'll have to wait and see uh, as that uh, uh, comes up. But uh, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities there for sure. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of possibilities, so we've got some new abilities in the future here shortly. We believe to be able to connect to Wi-Fi. And uh, yeah. how's that working out? So our friend Green, the only uh, our favorite white hat hacker, uh, went through and uh, and found some some proof that there was going to be or at least testing, uh, the ability for the vehicles to connect to these public hotspots. So like Xfinity Wi-Fi, AT&T, and a couple others all around the world. So what we know with that is that, uh, one, they had to get the certificates and install them in the car, which means that these other groups are probably at least willing to do a trial with them, whether or not they allow us directly mm -hmm. on their network or not. And then it's all around the world, so we know that there's at least two employees that are out there doing this <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and a couple of folks were able to enable it on their on their cars so i guess they have the, the developer connection or uh tesla hasn't turned off their cars yet whichever the case may be 
uh, and they were able to prove that that uh, not only what was what Green was saying is accurate, but they were able to to show us some screenshots of what it looks like. And of course, our friends at uh, Drive Tesla Canada, or as I like to call them, you know, Worldwide Tesla News, <laughs> <laughs> they have a screenshot of of what the guy found for us. So uh, he blanked out uh, the name of a, I guess, a Wi-Fi network that would show uh, any personal information. Nobody in some network, right? And then we can see uh, that it's uh, sees the Xfinity and that it's automatically submitted the certificate and connected to Xfinity Wi-Fi, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. So this will be really nice when it comes to, say, park to the supercharger, and you want to, you know use some of the entertainment features or if you don't have the premium connectivity i don't know if if they've started turning off the apps that go with the premium connectivity or if they just won't let you use their lte for it uh, but if if they still work if you do the wi-fi tether to your car now they'll also work without burning up your data plan oh that's interesting i hadn't thought about how this would impact premium connectivity so if you are connected to Wi-Fi and you don't have premium connectivity, would you get all the features? Uh, or, when they, is, or is this ex, or is this hotspot thing part of premium connectivity? Well, it's not hotspot serving. It's hotspot consuming. Correct. Right. Yes. So the next step would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. But but so Tesla, I assume, has to pay Xfinity or at and year. Right. right. Um, Orange or whoever they're connecting to something. That's one of them. Yeah. And, and – um, so uh, I would assume that this feature is only available if you have premium connectivity. Yeah, I, I can see that too. It does cost them a lot less than it costs them over their cellular partners, like AT&T and like I said, Orange and them. Uh, I can see it going either way. I don't know. I haven't tested it again since I showed folks how to um, turn on your phone as a hotspot after they initially started the payment plan. Uh, once they mm -hmm. did that, uh, most of the stuff was still available except for... Uh, no matter what you did, you couldn't get the uh, the live traffic maps, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll see we'll see how that actually goes down. And then if they have already changed it, somebody leave a message in the chat like, "Hey, I'm on the free plan, and I can't I can't play music even on the uh, even on the the tether, or sitting in my driveway." Uh, but if you can when you're at home, then now you can do it abroad, which is which is fun, assuming that you're parked or maybe you're driving past like uh, the Comcast arena or something. And then you can get Xfinity as you're driving down the street. If you've manually turned uh, Wi-Fi back on <laughs> <laughs> drive around to every Starbucks and put in the password. Yeah, exactly. Just... Well, <laughs> well that's so the, that, we're not here. You would just always be on Wi-Fi. Right. Yeah, yeah. You'd be <laughs> Wi-Fi the... right across the country. Right. And that's part of the beauty of this right here is that you don't have to know the, the, the Wi-Fi password because your car already yes. does know the code. Uh, as long as it's got the correct certificate. Yeah. So there must be a huge difference uh, between them using their cellular connection as opposed to paying a Wi-Fi uh, uh, group uh, to use their signal uh, instead uh, when the car has availability to it or is parked or, you know, there's got to be some stipulation. Um, some of those, because, of course, some of those services, are they not broadcast by land-based towers? Like right, right. So I think so, what would be the, the worst possible experience of how they could implement this is if you're already su subscribed to one of these services and you already have an Xfinity, you log into the car and the car already has the certificate that says, yep, yeah, okay, good. And, yeah. and then you can only, only use it in the places where, like say you're on the East Coast and your network is on the West Coast, then you can't use it, which would be terrible. So, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't see Tesla doing it that way, but... I, that, that well, still... well I, I know that when I've looked for hotspots uh, in different places where I'm parked or uh, uh, visiting, um, it depends on where you are in the country. It's, different things come up, right? You, you, mm -hmm. you may get AT&T come up. You may get uh, T-Mobile. You may get mm -hmm. other ones. Uh, and if you, just... if, if you try to use them today, it's got a captive portal. So you, right. the car will try to connect. You'll see the password. It'll shut back down. Uh, even even yeah. though even though it's got a web browser and it could just pop that up and ask you what the code is, it just doesn't bother. It turns back off again. Yeah, hmm. but this is better because now you don't have to interact with that in the web browser because it just knows. It'll just right. know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, this is uh, this apparently has been set up for the U.S., Europe, and China. Yeah. Uh, Canada. None of the three carriers in Canada are added to the package, so we're we're out of the loop at this point. But, uh, but your guys' telecom see. companies are a little bit more uh, draconian, I hear. 
yeah, even over yeah, ours, which are really yeah. bad. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, you see that in your bill too. So <laughs> we got we got the highest uh, cellular bills in the world almost. Um, oh, so wow. uh, it's uh, it's not a, a fair playing field for Canadians, but uh, I guess free healthcare that's uh, all part of the mix. But I'll take some free healthcare if I, if yeah. I had to if I had to get a, a slightly higher cell phone bill. Well, speaking of connections, um, it was announced uh, just this week that a uh, a smaller uh, airline called JSX uh, announced that they would be the first to be connecting their passengers to the internet via Starlink. So uh, they're going to be outfitting that in their uh, jets and providing that service to their passengers. And then just two days later, uh, Hawaiian. Uh, a popular airline uh, for the U.S. from mainland to Hawaii uh, has announced that they will also be providing Starlink on a number of their routes. And, of course, uh, that's, uh, that's a plus for any passengers uh, that um, typically had to connect uh, with spotty Internet uh, or, you know, very expensive Internet. Uh, but uh, now uh, there's a couple of airlines that are going to prove the point that you will be able to connect uh, via Starlink uh, over in, in the Hawaiian case, that's that's over the uh, Pacific Ocean. So uh, not many uh, repeater cell towers out there under them uh, on their trip to Hawaii, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the service works, how reliable it is, and uh, what uh, passengers um, have to say about it. So you bring up a good point about them being able to fly in between the relay station. I'm curious if the reason for their start date is that they are waiting for the laser links to come online or if that's just how long it's going to take them to equip their jets with a, uh, a dishy receiver that can can you know withstand subsonic speeds. Dishy McFlack face, you mean? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, imagine, I, I imagine it's going to be like flush to the, to the skin of the craft and then like maybe some sort of like fiberglass fairing so it doesn't get ripped off I, I i'm sure it just sticks on the outside of the fuselage you know maybe a little with, with the motorized with the motorized neck yeah. yeah the little standard motor would be enough uh, <laughs> to uh, move it around at uh, 500 miles an hour i'm sure that'd be fine oh man <laughs> if we've learned anything uh it's that uh that's it's a pretty rugged dish when we started to see people mounting into their prius on the freeway and such so i'm sure i'm yeah, sure we're fine in the air yeah. So I'm also curious if they're going to use the business version or if they've got some sort of custom version for uh, for the, both the plan and, yeah, they... and, and, and the connection because uh, it, the, the business connection does have a lot more bandwidth than the personal version. But I, I do think that, you know, 50 people on a private jet, or not a private jet, but, you know, a, a smaller, uh, like they showed in the picture, or, you know, 400 people on a, on a you know, typical international flight, they could overwhelm that pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but sure I, I'm, I'm also wondering if overwhelmed is still better than what they were doing today, and I imagine it might be. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> once once you get to the point of overwhelming an internet connection, it's mm -hmm. painfully slow, no matter what you're on. So, yeah. but uh, that's going to be fun to see. Uh, if uh, if uh, would love to hear uh, someone's experience. Uh, if you uh, if you're flying on Hawaiian Airlines, uh, let us know what you. Uh, what you find out. Uh, not available right at the moment, but they're starting to outfit some of those lines. So we will see as uh, that moves along. Definitely. Uh, Patrick has got a story about another airline and maybe what you shouldn't do when you're on an airport tarmac. Right. Yeah. So uh, speaking of uh, jets colliding with Musk-related products... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here's a video that's been going around uh, a bunch of different uh, Reddit subreddits. And uh, this comes to us from Tesla It's titled Tesla on summons crashes into parked $2 million jet at an aircraft event. So um, somebody who was parked out on the tarmac thought it would be cool to uh, show off their uh, summon feature and uh, tried summoning their vehicle. And, um, I'm not exactly sure why, but it did not see the $2 million jet there. And uh, depending on which uh, version of the uh, plane this is, it could be anywhere from 1.7 to 2.2 uh, .2 million. So uh, not, uh, not a small price tag on this. And uh, for some reason, when the car was going close to it, the owner didn't decide to you know pull their finger off and make it stop. 
And then they after it hit watching. It, Where are they, Patrick? They must not have been watching. If you're going to have your Tesla driving around on the tarmac, pay attention. This is a PSA. <laughs> this come on. <laughs> I'm sure this is a mistake this person will not make again. Oh man. Uh, so you can see uh, the the, uh, the image we've got up there. I don't know if the, yeah. the video will play or not. Oh, it will play. I was just I didn't okay. want to make it play while you yeah. were talking. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. There there was speculation at some point that this was a Honda jet, so it would be the ultimate Honda bump. But it looks like uh, <laughs> like our flying says it's a Vision uh, jet. Although with the Honda bump, the the Honda is the one doing the bumping, not right. Well, well, with with a jet, it's fair play to go the other way. I bet. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it's still equally ironic over it being a, a Honda bump is that uh, the, 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 the model of jet is named with the Vision jet. Yeah, so a Cirrus Vision. Yeah. Oh, it's spinning now. I should have just let it go. Okay. It was doing. Oh, there we go. There it is, the white one. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it's on some sort of like CCTV. Uh, yeah. At first, I yeah. thought it was like a Model X screen, but I was like, that's not an interface I recognize. Might but be airport like security, the and they're just, yeah. Yeah. Bonk. <laughs> Ads expensive. Yeah. So there's <laughs> your expensive. PSA. Uh, don't don't assume, j just like with FSD, it could do the wrong thing at the wrong time, at the absolute wrong time. Pay attention. That's, yeah. Uh, if you're using automated systems, pay attention. I know several of my friends have described Smart Summon. It's like a drunk teenager uh, just got behind the wheel of your car in a parking lot. And uh, what do you do in that case, aside from, you know, try and stop them? Is uh, uh, you, you take yeah. a little more caution than you would uh, the, a competent person behind the wheel because it's not. Right. When Tesla starts <laughs> making vehicles without steering wheels or pedals, then maybe you can do this and just push the button and not pay attention. But that day is not today. Right. Uh, so we, we, we were suggesting, Patrick and I, that maybe when they go to single stack that this might get better. But then I thought mm -hmm. back to the day that uh, I was trying the new FSD beta uh, in the parking lot of the drugstore. And I told it, to, okay, go ahead, because it said it was willing to drive. I was like, okay, go ahead. And um, it was in the parking lot. And it, it, it didn't do so well of getting out of the parking lot. It, uh, it did a lot of steering around, and then it uh, tried to accelerate towards a parked Honda Civic. And then when I corrected it there, then it tried to go the wrong way. Uh, so I got it to the, like, or the marked exit, like you had, like, the yellow lines and stuff, and I told it to go there, and then it got to the stop sign, made its turn, and it was good to go again. Uh, it, okay. It's a beta, and, and right. Smart Summon and, is even more beta-y. Right, and tarmacs are probably not something where they have a lot of training data. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm just going to go out on a limb. <laughs> I, I imagine they might have a couple hundred miles from the few Tesla pilots that actually can also drive their Teslas onto the tarmac. <laughs> right, yeah. Relative to the rest of the training data, it's not much at all. Mm -hmm. In fact, it might yeah. even get thrown out automatically by the filters. If you're gonna, if you're gonna test out your smart summon, do it in the Home Depot parking lot. Do not yeah. do it on the tarmac. Right, uh, right. It's a lot, a lot safer there. And uh, if anything does happen, the damages are a lot less uh, yeah. there mm. as well. But, but either case, pay attention. And let go of the switch. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's that's the amazing thing is, like Patrick had mentioned, you've got an app on your phone that you have to keep your finger on the actual button yeah. for the vehicle to keep moving. Right. And I, I, how could you how could you keep your finger on the move? Oh, look, it's getting closer. It's getting closer. It's almost at the plane. It's getting closer. I'm going to see it mess keep up. going. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to let up. I think it'll I, I think it'll change course at the last second. You guys remember the backseat bandit. Ah, I trust I trust Father Elon. I think it's gonna be fine. <laughs> Boom. Oh whoops. Oh, hey Elon, man. can you loan me two million? No, no. <laughs> no, so, not in uh, not something you want to do. Pay attention right. is absolutely correct and uh, react. React early. Don't right. uh, mm -hmm. don't just Abundance let her go. Caution. Yes. So, yeah. so there were there were two other things I want to bring up with that. Like uh, there have been some some fun going around with this in particular, not just in FSD, which I don't know if we're going to talk about that at all here. Uh, I, I, I barely touched on it on Sunday, um, but the current one that I'm talking about right here with Smart Summon is somebody suggested that oh I've I've been on Smart Summon I've seen it it's it, it it'll it'll crash blah blah blah. Um, the ability to run Summon without the dead man switch unattended basically is uh, a feature of classic summon. If you turn off, press to hold, uh, you have to go into the menu, turn off, press to hold, and then acknowledge that the car can do stuff. Like uh, the original crash we saw with this was a guy who got out of the car, double tap park, 
also hit forward somehow, and then the car ran into the uh, the business end of a of a semi trailer. You know where the where the uh, the truck is pulling the trailer from, rather than the back of it. So it's mm-hmm. too high for the AP one to to deal with. Uh, they've kept that feature in, and and that one you can do without holding the button down. But on Smart Summon, if you let go of the button, receive a phone call, have an app go over the Tesla app, or cover the proximity sensor, turn off your screen, lose connection. Uh, it will all those will, will send an immediate stop to the car, and depending on what speed it's going, if it's going downhill or whatever, within about two feet, it's gonna stop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that's that's the fud on that. People saying that that it'll keep going on smart summon uh, in in bad situations. It, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's possible, but it's not likely. <laughs> yeah, that's like buying mm-hmm. oil from refinery since they own so much. Oh, yes, I see that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, next we're going to move on to ah the boring company and a tunnel. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but this is a special tunnel. Uh, Elon tunnel. has indicated uh, that the boring company, within the next uh, few years, few years, uh, will be uh, producing a tunnel with a hyperloop on the inside. So. Uh, Elon had originally come up with the Hyperloop idea, as we know, uh, and uh, basically farmed it off and said, listen, I'm too busy with way too many other things on my plate. But here's what we had thought about uh, and and described the uh, Hyperloop feature where you've got a basically a, a vacuum uh, vehicle that runs inside a vacuum tube, uh, which allows it to go at unprecedented speed uh, through a tunnel. Uh, avoid any disruptions and uh, arrive at destinations in fractions of the time of an airline. So uh, he uh, farmed that off and said anyone can run with it they want. And actually, there's probably about, I would say, four different companies right now worldwide that are working with it. One being uh, Virgin uh, has has a model that's going out there that they're working on. Elon has continued to fund a, a yearly uh, Hyperloop competition that's held at SpaceX uh, in uh, California. And they have an actual test tube uh, outside of SpaceX headquarters that runs for like uh, a mile. Um, so uh, this- Does it uh, scale to like six mile? I'm sorry? Does it, does it scale to like six miles? Cause it's slightly smaller than- Well, I'm saying the actual size is about a mile. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, smaller diameter. So, and, and they use small test pods in it, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this this announcement uh, that Elon was uh, was making uh, is interesting. That it looks like like he's going to be involved again, or the boring company is going to be involved in an actual hyperloop. So they haven't given up the idea. Obviously, uh, yeah. they get they did say anyone can take the idea and run with it. But uh, it looks like uh, the boring company is going to be uh, putting together a test of some sort. Uh, that will uh, demonstrate the Hyperloop technology. And what better company to do it um, than... Than a Musk company. (laughs) Yeah, like it's where, you know, originally where the idea came from. So uh, we will, you know, again, a few years, who knows what that means uh, in real time. Uh, But uh, there, you know, that's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, the boarding company is working on a number of different bid projects. Who knows what will happen if they get accepted in Fort Lauderdale or you know, uh, Austin or other things that are going on. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that uh, kind of threw that out there really unprompted. Mm-hmm. Um, just uh, kind of mentioned that, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to work on a Hyperloop as well. Yep. I wonder if the other two hyper- Hyperloop companies are going to be uh, nervous about that. Mm, I would be. Yeah. yeah. So you, like, as you were saying about their other projects, uh, so this makes the, the second one that's not a typical loop tunnel. They uh, they mentioned uh, or we, we we touched on they uh, done a bid on a pedestrian tunnel elsewhere, and mm-hmm. and now a hyperloop tunnel. Although during one of the events, Elon mentioned that that these tunnels would be perfectly uh, compatible with with a hyperloop, assuming that that you design the turns to to, to work with one. And, and then obviously the the ability to hold the partial vacuum, uh, but he said you know con- concrete tunnel underground. It's, it's only another step from what we're already doing. So that was that was pretty interesting to see that not only did he just flippantly throw that out there, but now years later they're actually pursuing it. Yeah, 
It's a pretty big step, though. So the difference oh, yeah. between a loop oh, yes. tunnel and a hyperloop is they're uh, vacuum or evacuated. And uh, that just makes a whole lot of things more difficult as far as getting in or out of the vacuum. If there's a leak, um, there's, there's all kinds of... So I, I would hope that the first hyperloop tunnels are not passenger tunnels, but just cargo tunnels until too. all the kinks are worked out. <laughs> just, just, just saying. They, they also need some more. Well, they're floor. just going to take one of them in Vegas and convert it, and the people just be sucked out of the stations and shoved down a mile tunnel and plopped out at station three. The, the turns are just still too sharp, uh, and then they don't, you don't have room to, to XL and decel. Uh, but, yeah. but they also need smoother, smoother uh, you, surfaces. Yeah, Casey, too. thanks for pointing out the physics of the, the <laughs> joke. <laughs> Mark was obviously not serious. <laughs> but but that, I can see them totally saying, let's try it. <laughs> and, and a new ride at Vegas is born. Right. <laughs> Only $100 a ride. The yeah. launch. <laughs> the ride of your life, guaranteed. Or maybe the last ride, ride of your life. Who knows? Right, right. right. I can ride the biggest sign, thing sign ride here for the waiver. <laughs> yes. Sign in blood, your own blood as it comes out of your eyeballs. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see if uh, that progresses. Uh, we'll have to see what the, what the plan is. But uh, there's no plan. I wonder if someone has actually approached them and uh, has interest in the subject, or if this is just uh, them showing capability that they believe they have. You know, what would be even more uh, funny. And, uh, if, they're building it, if they're building it for one of those other two companies. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna. Our main story of the evening, uh, which yeah. we've left Headliner. at this point, just to build up <laughs> anticipation, uh, is, uh, <laughs> is of course uh, is of course uh, Elon has basically uh, bought his way into Twitter, and uh, it's been announced uh, that a forty-four billion dollar uh, price has been agreed upon uh, by the Twitter board. And that uh, the uh, migration from a publicly owned company will change to a private owned company uh, somewhere about October the 10th, I believe it was. So uh, the shareholders accepted it. It was about a, a 33 or 34% bump on uh, the, the stock price at the time. And uh, what was kind of interesting was that uh, Jack Dorsey, who, of course, is the founder of Twitter originally, um, had had uh, put his uh, faith in, in Elon, saying uh, that I believe that uh, Elon's vision uh, for what Twitter could be uh, is, uh, is something that I agree with. And uh, I feel that he's the one guy that can make this uh, happen. So uh, that was kind of interesting, a vote of confidence from the uh, Twitter founder. And um, yeah, that's that's it. So uh, Twitter has uh, been sold, and uh, Elon, uh, through either himself personally or through, he did a call for some financing or some some money, uh, and uh, has put that together. Uh, the bid's been apparently solid, and it's going to move forward. So uh, we talked about this now for the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, we did. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? What, uh, what, uh, any concerns about them going private? Any, uh, any thoughts about where you think this is going? Well, to start with, I'm excited about removing the of the malicious bots, and then I'm extremely cautious about everything else. This could go yeah. any number of ways, and I really like the way that Mr. Anderson at the TED Talk. Pointed out to Elon that hey, mm -hmm. uh, you remember that uh, that 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 kid who's tracking your jet um, on Twitter? That's that's legal and free on Twitter. Yeah, it's legal and free, mm -hmm. and, uh, and and he doesn't have to do it with a bot. He can just do it by hand. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. So you can block the bot, and he can still get you. Uh, and then and then another person pointed out, you remember the guy who was complaining about the uh, quality of the uh, of the cocktails at the Model X party, and then Elon canceled his reservation and and gave him his money back and kicked him out of the party. Yeah, um, this this could go any number of ways, and I I really hope that it's much more level headed and 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 and, and implemented than, than some of the flippant comments he makes and these mm -hmm. kid memes that he's always throwing out. And I mean, I, I could see it being great 
I mean, because when you look at somebody who's actually in the product using it every day versus a bunch of people who didn't even have Twitter accounts, didn't own Twitter stock, uh, I mean, you got to eat your own dog food to, to be able to improve the product. And yeah, this could go so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about it. Well, the first reason I'm it's there are going to be issues and uh, people are not going to be happy because there are whatever. Um, and it's going to just suck a bunch of his time up. It's, it's, it's a rat hole that he's going to get drawn into over and over and over again. And you unless saw that, yeah, unless Twitter is yeah. going to be the voting system that he's using for his temporary laws, I don't see how it's anything but a distraction from his Mars goal. But I'm sorry to interrupt you. Continue. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge distraction. And it's not like the, the world um, needs another or better social media platform. Uh, the, the, there are bigger fish to fry, and, and I think that this is a distraction. And a, a lot of people on the, the market obviously agree since Tesla stock has dropped significantly since this deal was announced. And uh, that, that um, especially after Musk just said something like, if I spend a half an hour of quality time thinking about Tesla issues, I can save the company $100 billion. Well, how many half hours, how many $100 billion bills has he dropped on the ground for Tesla trying to do this deal for Twitter? And right. Yeah. And in, in that same, in that same um, place, he said, you know, he didn't say it exactly this way. Uh, you know, the same way he said, I can't afford to buy a, a bed so that Grimes can sleep on something without a hole in it. Uh, but I need to keep the jet because I think of how many $100 million bills I'm leaving by waiting in traffic. Mm-hmm. What is what is doing Twitter doing for you? Uh, the only the only the only thing I can see coming out of that being profitable to Tesla and the other uh, organizations is that he can get rid of the the uh, amplified bot farms that are pushing FUD against the companies and, and making these uh, reactionary fake laws that or laws against things that are not happening. I mean, but uh, but not everybody's on Twitter, so yeah. I don't yeah. see that stopping because the other social media platforms are still out there. The news media sits out there. Um, He's still not paying not, them. <laughs> Twitter is not the thing that's driving all those things. You know, it may, <laughs> yes, it may be something that uh, would be part of it, but uh, it's definitely not the whole shebang. For yeah. sure. So, so for those on the audio only, uh, Hockey Day typed, uh, this chat needs an edit button. Elon, please buy YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Yeah. And, and here's the weird thing. So he's offered uh, the, the offer was uh, for $54.20. And if you look at uh, Twitter stock right now, um, it, it, as I'm looking at it here, it says it's at $48.64. So that's that that represents some uncertainty of, of the market that this deal is going to close. So there's still regulatory issues that could cause it to not go through yeah. or, um, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, it does, if it doesn't go through until October, Musk could change his mind in the meantime or, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying it, that's going to happen, but but uh, there's obviously some risk of it, and the market thinks that's a six dollar risk. And uh, so if you if you uh, really believe this is going to go through, the, every share you get, you can make a pretty easy six bucks on. But then again, if the deal falls apart and the stock cuts in half, then you uh, this is not stock advice. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, there, there's that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then and, uh, Gook uh, points out that uh, that uh, there's another aspect of it that uh, the markets believe that Elon was selling stock to pay for the Twitter purchase, uh, and and yeah, he is he, he could do that, but that would be like the stupidest way that he could get that money. Right. So <laughs> about about a third of the money came, um, ironically, as putting Twitter up as for collateral, which is wow. weird to think that you could <laughs> you, put collateralizing the thing you're buying. <laughs> Yeah, ex except we do. Well, all we do that with cars right? and yeah, houses. So you do yeah, with cars and houses, and and so uh, the, the the bank gave him a loan if he would put that up as collateral, and then uh, another big chunk of it is coming from him doing the similar things with his Tesla stock, yeah. and uh, so um, he's not going to sell a big chunk of Tesla stock because that's how he maintains voting control on the board that's and other things. So um, I don't think he's going to do that. Yeah, and not only will he not do that, uh, remember on PayPal, he has a, a big aversion to that because he went on vacation, came yes. back, and lost his company. So <laughs> right. uh, another thing that comes up with this is that if either Twitter or Musk gets cold feet, uh, they owe each other a billion dollars as a severance package. Uh, like a, sorry, the deal didn't work out. Here's some money. Wow. 
yeah, that's a term for it that just slipped my mind. It's not a severance package. Uh, and then uh, Rignet Trent points out, it would be cool to enact global democracy, direct democracy through simple polls after all of us humans get verified. I am also liking the idea of getting verified so that my stuff doesn't get down there with the please buy crypto bots. <laughs> yeah, that will be nice, definitely. I wonder yeah. how many bots are out there in the Twitter population. If it's something like, is it Lock. 5%? Is it 10%? Is it 20%? Uh, Speak, speaking of that, uh, there's no need for the bots anymore if it was a matter of Twitter allowing them so it looked like their usage numbers were going up. Because we saw what happened when when Facebook kicked Russia off of their off of their uh, platform and they had the first dip ever in users. The, yeah. the market freaked out, but it was really just because, you know, literally those people were missing because they had the cable cut and, and it wasn't mm-hmm. an actual dip. It was, a, it was holding. Yeah. Twitter doesn't have to be beholden to that. Just like the whole reason that SpaceX and all the rest of his companies aren't public, he doesn't want to have to deal with people who aren't doing their research and are uh, quick to freak out over stuff that doesn't matter. Right. So a lot of the stuff, a lot of the internal uh, baseball uh, will be kept internal. Uh, There won't be the public conversations about Twitter because it will be a private company at that point. It may become another public company at some point down the road, but uh, initially it will be private. So a lot of that will just be held internally. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Pearson points out that uh, that Elon does say some wild stuff on Twitter. And is that going to be worse or better? And and how will that play into other people being on Twitter? <laughs> That's what we're worried about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Before, you know, Twitter could... Um... Hey, you violated this policy. They could suspend his account or temporarily, or give him some warning. And now all those controls are gone. And so, uh, it, it, even if they say place for everybody else, they're gone from Elon. Yes, <laughs> and uh, so if he does something, even if it's the appearance of oh, he should have been sanctioned for this in some way, um, now it's just going to be like oh, he just used his money to buy his way out of this. It, 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 it. Even if, even if that's they wouldn't have done anything in the past now it just looks bad so it it makes it makes everything worse (laughs) but he can do whatever he wants with his money that's the the, so you know we all have opinions but yeah it's his money well this will be i'm sure this will not be the last story that we cover on this so uh we will see how it progresses we're gonna Uh, cover a lot more now because it's a a, a musk co product now Exactly. Hopefully not every week. Speaking of products, it was announced uh, this week uh, that in North America, uh, Tesla continues its dominance of the EV sector sales or market share. Uh, because in quarter one, uh, Tesla accounted for 75% of all EVs sold in that marketplace. Um, that is still remarkable that number. Mm -hmm. Uh, That means that all the other brands combined together are 25%. Um, So uh, Tesla is selling three out of four EVs for three months of the quarter. I'm sorry, three months, which is the quarter one of 2022. So they are still way out ahead. And I'm just wondering this. Are these other companies ever going to catch up to the point where, you know, they start producing EVs in mass and can sell them in mass? It's uh, it's a valid question because to this point, um, Tesla is still way out front. And as everyone will say on this panel, we don't see them slowing down. Uh, they're still right. doing the R&D. They're still pushing uh, the boundaries of efficiency, uh, manufacturing prowess. And they're also uh, they're also gaining experience uh, in all these different arenas and getting better at it each time. Vertical integration, mm-hmm. another thing that they dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to change things on the fly, like chipsets that happened uh, a few quarters ago. This is something that they've been able to excel at. And other companies, they're not even getting to base one on this kind of stuff. So uh, I. You know, I don't see them slowing down. I, you know, I really don't see them uh, losing this market dominance that they currently have. Um, it's, it's actually, it's, it's, it's amazing for them. Uh, I just like to see the other companies start to step up, like start to compete on these uh, same issues, 
because if they can, then that's going to, you know, that's going to allow the consumer to have a better product as time goes along, if there's more competition. Absolutely. So um, I think at some point, the other car manufacturers are going to start wondering why their sales are not as good. Even if they start investing more into their vehicles and making good vehicles, and they're going to wake up to the fact that there has to be a robust, reliable charging network that's uh, plug and play. That's, you know, there's that plug and charge standard that's going to have to become ubiquitous. They're going to have to have six, eight, 10, 12 stalls, not just one or two. Uh, and they're going to have to have uptimes that are 99% not, oh, good luck. It may or may not work. It may or may not be blocked. It, it may or may not be available. There could be somebody else parked there, even an EV, and they finished charging two hours ago, but they haven't moved their car. Um, so all of these things have to get solved uh, outside of the Tesla network, like they have been for the most part with the Tesla network. Not saying the Tesla network's perfect, but it's, uh, to steal a Musk phrase, an order of magnitude better than the other charging yeah. networks that are out it's, there. It's, so somebody pointed out uh, before I got on here, and I didn't have time to verify it because I was getting ready for the show, that uh, the Tesla outsold GM um, in, in profits with less cars sold. And like the whole company. And oh, wow. Then, yeah. yeah so um, this that, can keep up. Yeah. That, so Tesla certainly makes more margin than um, anybody else in the industry on their vehicles at, at 19%. And uh, I mean, maybe you, Lamborghini or some other niche uh, uh, players uh, uh, beat that uh, percentage wise, yeah. but, uh, but not enough volume to catch up with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's a really interesting. I hadn't thought about uh, how that uh, compares to their GM and Ford just makes so and VW so many more vehicles than Tesla right now. I just heard something uh, Jim Farley from Ford talking about the F150 Lightning and how they're going to get to 2 million vehicles in 2026 and how that's going to be when they catch Tesla. And I'm thinking, you really said that because they're going to make 1.5 million this year this year and and and, and next year it's going to be well over two so uh it, they're going to be at uh tesla will be there in 2023 you're predicting to be there by 2026 which may and and talk about stating where you're going to catch up where it's going to be <laughs> yeah yeah, they just they don't get it. They don't. Yeah, like, like a lot of these moving. announcements uh, basically assume that Tesla will stop in time and do because nothing between now and 2026. They would right. just sit idle and wait for everyone to catch up. Like that's, that's what just, I would do. That's <laughs> just not happening, man. That's just mm-hmm, not right. happening. Yeah. So the one thing that defines Tesla more than anything else is the pace of innovation. Yeah. They do not stop, and we say that every time a vehicle comes out. Like if you like it, buy it because uh, things are going to change, and sometimes they change better. Sometimes it's uh, one step backwards, then two steps forward, and sometimes um, disappears forever. <laughs> yeah, you and, and also, also after you have had your vehicle for you know three months, something new will come out, and you'll be like, oh, wow, I wish I had that." Okay, well, if you're that kind of person and you can afford it, then just lease. But otherwise, just buy it and enjoy what you have, and know that it'll get better with software updates. But there will be something new that comes out because that's what tesla does right yeah. and, then, and then by the time your budget can handle another one if you're a normal person that, that can't afford to change the leases like your underwear um <laughs> the next one will eventually be better than the one that you have in your driveway uh like even in your you know like if they have the feature that you wanted and they take it away put it back whatever eventually you'll say hey i do like this one better that's just the way it is um yeah how many times VW... have uh, a cooled seats come and gone yeah, uh, I think we're on Gen Four now. Um, so, so right. uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned Volkswagen. Uh, I think that they they can kind of see what's going on. They they mentioned that they were going, hey, let's let's do less cars and focus more on profit. But I don't I don't think they're going to do it the Tesla way, and I think they're going to screw it up royally and hopefully not run themselves out of business because you know they they do make what I was calling the the California not the California the uh, the Camry of EVs and um, California Camry is a Tesla. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, but now that now that Toyota is actually making an EV, we'll see if they can reclaim their their title as a as Toyota of the EV world. Casey, put up uh, Dana's uh, response to us there in the chat. Oh yeah. Go ahead and read exactly. it to the audio. Go ahead and read exactly. to the audio, folks. Right. 
Uh, Ford also says they will still be producing oh. ICE engines in 2040. Oh. W2F, WTF, wake up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That's, where, uh, where are they going to sell them? Where are they going to sell them? I mean, yeah. I'm sure they'll find a way, but I mean, that's... Oh, they could, no, that's just an incorrect prediction is all that is. <laughs> On Ford's part, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. That's one reason they're splitting the company. Right? <laughs> like so... that Trent, Trent says, might buy lightning as a battery backup for my Cybertrucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go ahead, Patrick. You were saying uh, about 2040. Oh, um, uh, one uh, a different related topic, though. Article, um, I don't know if it was in this one or, or a different one related to the same report. For, for Q1, for the first time ever, EVs are more than 5% of new vehicle sales. And um, I was happy when they got above 1%. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, hybrids have never really been more than 3%. Um, they, they've been stuck at like 25 forever. They might have in one or two quarters when gas prices spiked, gone over three. But but EVs, on the other hand, are going up every quarter, every year, and it, and, and show no sign of stopping. Whereas hybrids got up to their 2% and then just kind of fizzled out. Uh, they were never able to, you know, cross the chasm. And if you can get to 20% adoption, now all of a sudden that just opens up so much more of the market. And uh, uh, it looks like EVs are on their way to get there. Yeah. I, I think we all might have been gone from hybrids by the time they reached 2%. <laughs> right. Yes. We were early adopters. Yeah. Yeah. And then the technology just didn't keep evolving like it needed to. Right. Speaking of evolving, uh... Uh, recently, uh, Elon was pictured uh, at uh, Gigafactory, uh, Texas, which of course is now Tesla headquarters, right. uh, mm -hmm. with uh, some representatives uh, from the uh, Indonesian government. And uh, they were looking for uh, a deal on nickel. Mm -hmm. So we... we we know that, uh, of course, uh, Tesla's been constrained by batteries now uh, for many, many quarters. And uh, this is something that, uh, uh, that they are actively pushing. Uh, they're looking for deals anywhere they can get them uh, to secure uh, nickel and other mineral supplies uh, so that they can keep pushing out the batteries faster and faster, keep ramping it up. As we mentioned, they're going to be selling about a million and a half vehicles this year, if not a little bit more. And uh, after that, they're growing still at a rate of 50% for the foreseeable future is what we're being told. So mm -hmm. uh, that million and a half is going to be over 2 million and that over 2 million is going to be 3 million. So uh, they're going to need a lot of batteries and they're being proactive about it by not just having the plant that can build the batteries, but they're out there feet on the ground, looking for additional minerals, lithium, nickel, whatever they need, the different mm -hmm. uh, minerals uh, that uh, can be shored up, stored uh, for Tesla, and uh, locked into their uh, into their production plants. And that's exactly how you do it. So I noticed right. in that if photo, everybody was in a business suit, except Elon in a uh, Cybertruck uh, battery day t-shirt. <laughs> with his, with his home right, one you can buy right off of uh, shoptesla.com. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or pick up in your closet filled with 400 of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So having a long-term contract like this is, is obviously really smart because prices fluctuate and go all over the place. And if you're stuck paying the spot price, uh, that could really hurt you. If there's a shortage and, and um, you're not able to get it, Long-term contracts clear a lot of that out of the way. Um, one of the, I know that they've been dealing with Indonesia in the past, and one of the things that Indonesia did not want to do was just ship out the raw materials. They wanted to ship out cells, and so they wanted people to, if to get access to their uh, minerals, they wanted them to build plants there. And and I don't I don't think that was part of the story, right? So uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, so obviously Musk was able to uh, talk them out of that and get them to just take cash <laughs> instead. <laughs> well, it, it also could be a development deal, right? It could look be, a, oh, this. there's a little Casey. Look at the special guest on the show today. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> She's wearing her Tesla shirt. Oh, my goodness. 
made on Earth by humans. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to wake her up. Yeah. Nice. So cool. Uh, yeah, she'll probably yeah, so never I, drive a gas car. Never yeah. will drive a gas car. She might not ever drive. <laughs> That's yeah. true. She might not ever have to get a driver's might license. Be the first generation that never even needs to get a license. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I'll teach her to drive, but I don't think she'll have to drive. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. Well, uh, last story of the evening we're going to talk about a little bit is um, Harris Ranch. And where, Casey, is Harris Ranch? Do you know where Harris Ranch is? I know Patrick knows where it is, but do you know where it is? It's on a ranch where you get steaks. And it's like <laughs> one of the original Tesla superchargers. One of the first, what, 10 or 12? Yeah. Yes. Yep. It yep. smells it really on, bad because uh, it's a real ranch. <laughs> it's on Interstate 5 uh, in between, of course, Los Angeles and San Francisco, about halfway point, roughly. Yeah. And uh, it has a supercharger already. Uh, 18 stalls, I believe, has uh, been there for quite some time. But of course, these this is one of the choke points uh, for Californians that are traveling. And uh, they uh, on holidays, uh, this uh, tends to be a very crowded charger along with a few others. But we've seen that alleviated over time with Fireball mm -hmm. and some other stations that have been increased in size. Harris Ranch uh, has now been, uh, it started uh, a large... Um, I guess update. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've got a couple of pictures here that we can share. Right is across there's... the street from Harris Ranch is where Tesla had installed their battery swap station. Yep. Is Harris exactly. Ranch the one that they they installed so quickly that they were ready to go before the concrete was? And they're like, oh, pavement coming soon, two weeks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was a supercharger uh... like that. They put in like fifty or plus stalls, and it said pavement coming soon. There's a little Tesla sandwich board. <laughs> I really hope funny. it said two weeks on it. I just don't recall. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've got here is some photos uh someone's got a drone out there uh mm -hmm. probably left over from the uh, gigafactory texas drone fleet and uh <laughs> they have uh they've they've counted uh it looks like this is going to be an 80 80 supercharger update uh to harris ranch which sits at about 18 i believe currently with the lot just across the street uh, from this new construction build actually it's right beside it um and of course uh we had uh indicated that may hey maybe along i5 here uh with all this room uh maybe this will be a site of a uh, mega charger for the semis too maybe Could they be. will build that type of redundancy into this particular site because there seems to be a ton of room where you could maneuver some semis around but uh, yeah, that's what? speculation at this point maybe maybe master plan part three includes uh, a plan to allow supercharging in, in the North America without pissing off the Californians for other cars. Possibly, possibly. <laughs> you wouldn't. You would but, need a massive uh, expansion for that. That'll that will boost this uh, charger's location to again ninety eight. What's their problem with going to one hundred? Why can't they go to one hundred? <laughs> Paperwork, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. But, oh, you know uh, what? They, they, uh, some government told them what they told Hertz. Get the intern. You started swiping that card. <laughs> <laughs> One at a time. Here you go. Yeah. So, Putting mega chargers uh, yeah. on I-5 makes sense. I mean, that's the main artery up and down the West Coast uh, for semi-trucks and deliveries. And, and uh, I, I think it should be one of their first spots to have it. I mean, obviously, they're going to do some test ones, uh, Frito-Lay, Pepsi, between Fremont and Sparks. Uh, you know, those are going to be the, the, the first ones. But uh, when they start putting them out more widely, up and down the I-5 I makes sense. Uh, yeah. Hockey Day brings up a good point about why they didn't use prefabs at most of these large installations. Might be a lot quicker just to drop them all in and then hook them up to existing wires. Right. So I wonder if um, just long term those are not as... Um... Good. Uh, so if you're going to be, if you want it to last years, the, the prefabs are nice to get it up quick or to support some holiday event where they know there's, they're going to need it in a particular spot. But uh, might have something to do to... with the, the prep of the site itself too. How loose mm -hmm. the gravel is, what kind of sand it you is. You can't take a 10 ton drop in. Base, all those kind of things could <laughs> yeah, come right. into play. If you have to upgrade the electrical service, you have to trench anyway, you might as well just do it. And, you're already yeah. in there in the dirt anyway. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, with that, uh, if you haven't already, please give us a thumbs up for the video. 
And uh, also press that subscribe button if you haven't. That's going to help us out. Doesn't cost you a dime and support help support the channel. And uh, of course, uh, if you'd like to follow us uh, through the week, uh, you can follow us on the Twitter account, which is at the Tesla Life, or our Facebook feed, the Tesla Life Numeral One. We thank Patrick for putting that get together. Uh, we also thank Casey for uh, keeping our live show up and running smoothly. And uh, with that, Patrick, any uh, shout-outs here at the end of the show? Sure. I am with the Oregon Electric Vehicle Association. You can find us at oeva.org. And I blog occasionally at carswithcords.net. My latest story is titled, Tailpipes are the New Smoking. And uh, detailing how uh, smoking went from everybody uh, ubiquitous, it was all over the place, to being uh, a social pariah if you're a smoker. And how uh, we need to see that same thing happen with exhaust. Yeah. What? Uh, when? When will we have that happen with exhaust? Sometime. Oh yeah, I don't know that I made a uh, prediction about when, but oh, uh, I meant sometime it, in the future. Oh future yes, when, when we're out of when, yes, that'll happen when we ha <laughs> finally have a future that's free from fossil fuels. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Casey, any <laughs> shout outs from you this evening? Yeah, shout out to my beautiful wife and daughter and uh, the hospital staff that uh, that made sure that they both came out of that safely. Uh, we, we, we've got uh, live streams coming up, and at some point when I figure out Equilibrium, I'll get back on the pre-recorded videos, and you'll find them at youtube.com slash Casey Green. That's K-A-C-E-Y slash G-R-E-E-N. But I have not yet missed a, uh, a, a live stream, and... So I'd like to see you guys there if, if you got the time. Just hop on through. You don't have to stay for all of it. I know it's long. <laughs> now everyone realized that, that Casey is now a dad, and his level of sleep is about to drop off the cliff. So uh... out to shoot. <laughs> we were up twenty hours before, especially my wife was twenty hours before the event, and uh, and then she didn't get any sleep until about another thirty hours after that. I got a couple uh, stolen winks in between here and there oh my goodness <laughs> wow yes we've, yeah we've uh, patrick and i've gone through it already so uh, casey welcome to the club <laughs> oh, so apparently the sleep will come back i'm looking forward to that <laughs> it does it comes back later yeah uh you gotta have some dad jokes for us next week <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was one <laughs> <laughs> all right everyone thanks very much for joining us and uh come back next week and together we will find out what's going on in the tesla life Sleep moon. Stay positive test negative have a great week <laughs> <laughs>